0: It takes a few seconds, so I'll switch this one on. And we'll just see. Mommy talks. Alex. 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 Wow. Hello, you.
1: This is a miracle rescue that all 13 members of the soccer team are out of the cave. He turns into a superhero set on feeding as many homeless people as possible. This election, we've seen historic voter turnout.
0: But... All Asian cast. There's nothing more empowering. Oh, 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 she oh, has to go yeah. right up and do it. Yes. Oh. It'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah! Let the music play! New dance move move in the outfield. Will you marry me? I was saying the word, Yanni. And however difficult life may seem, while there's life, there is hope.
1: <laughs> Kids have the dream, they just want to know that someone cares. We got love for you, it's only right, we got to stand together. <laughs> mm. do it like I it. Show, I love you so much, so gracias. for
0: Life is good.
1: The world is filled with people doing the best they can, you know? who love their kids and would like to live their lives with a little dignity and hope, just like everybody else. Mm-mm-mm. Good things are worth searching for. Well, good morning and happy new year, everyone. Anyone uh, break their new year's resolution already? Raise your hand. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Me too. I know. Welcome to New Story Church. My name is Tom and I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here. And I don't know about you, uh, but very honestly, very frankly speaking, uh, 2018 was filled with a lot of ups and downs uh, for me personally, um, more so, I think, than, than uh, any other year. It wasn't like your typical year of 2018, and uh, apparently that was the case for many of us. I mean, whether you talk about politically or like even just around the world, even right here in our state with all the fires and whatnot, uh, I'm wondering what that year, 2018, was like for you. Uh, See, one of the things I find really interesting is that according to Google Trends, right? I'm not making this up. This is actually a fact. According to Google Trends, uh, amidst all the turbulence of 2018, did you know that the world searched for the word good more than at any other time in history? Does that make sense? The world, I'm not just talking about L.A. or California or the West Coast, I'm not just talking about us, but I'm talking about the entire world, when they got on the introwebs, right, when they got on the internet and Googled for something, they searched for the word good more than at any other time. And we actually saw some examples, right? Like, for instance, how to be a good citizen right or good things to watch how many of you saw that right I raise your hand okay all right uh isn't the global globes or golden globes tonight yeah something like that all right anyways uh how to be a good dancer some of you you need to google this okay uh what makes a good friend right uh, good vibes uh good news right uh who's a good boy right Not my dog, Jersey, but anyways, uh, anyways, okay? Uh, So a lot of good was searched for. See, everyone knows good things are worth searching for. Good things are worth searching for. But let me ask you this. Do you know what's not good? Or even more particular, uh, do you know who's not good? Jesus. Jesus. That's right. I said, Jesus is not good. Now, before you throw your stones at me, okay, just relax, chill out for a second, all right? Uh, Give me a chance here. Um, I want you to listen to how Jesus himself explains or how he interacted with someone who called him good. And for that, I'm going to invite our sister, our lovely sister, Ify, to come on up. Give Ify a big hand. It's not the easiest thing to stand in front of you people and read scripture or preach or anything like that. But Ify, if you wouldn't mind reading for us Luke chapter 18, uh, that would be great. To read for us this passage.
0: Luke 18, 18 to 27. A certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? "'Why do you call me good?' Jesus answered. "'No one is good, except God alone. "'You know the commandments. "'You shall not commit adultery. "'You shall not murder. "'You shall not steal. "'You shall not give false testimony. "'Honor your father and mother. "'All these I have kept since I was a boy,' he said. "'When Jesus heard this, he said to him, "'You still lack one thing. "'Sell everything you have and give to the poor.' and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, who then can be saved? Jesus replied, hmm. What is impossible with man is possible with God.
1: Amen. Hey, let's thank Ify. Thank you so much, sister. So good. That's the word of God. And friends, do, do you see what just happened in what our sister just read for us? A, a man who has everything. Just think about what she read. A man who has everything that this world has to offer. Every good thing. I'm talking about power, wealth influence. Uh, The gospel of Mark actually describes him as a young man. So he even has youth. This guy has power, wealth, influence, and youth. This guy, by all worldly standards, has everything. Yet, what does he want? He wants more. More specifically, he wants eternal life. And he's not shy about it either, right? It says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit what? eternal life. Now, notice Jesus' response. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, verse 19. Why do you call me what? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is what? Good. Except who? God alone. Whoa, why why are you all of a sudden coming up to me And calling me good, like, what what, what do you think I'm going to do right now, right? See, what we have here is a man who's living the good life, who wants even more good in the afterlife, so he's chasing this teacher known to be good. This guy's living the good life. He's rich, he's young, he's powerful, he's influential, and he wants more. He wants more for the afterlife so he's heard about this good teacher and he goes up to this good teacher and he says, hey, I, I, I want some more. But Jesus is having none of that. He's not playing. Why? Because Jesus is so much more than good. Verse 19, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except who? God alone why are you calling me good? Only God is good. Turn to a neighbor and say, only God is good. That's right, only God is good. See friends, some people, did you know this? Did you know that some people are searching for Jesus because they think he's good? And and that by searching for this good teacher, or philanthropist, or philosopher, or good moral person Jesus, good spiritual figure Jesus, they think by, by approaching this good person that they'll get good things happening to them, or they'll get more good things in life. If I just add some more Jesus, I'll get good. But friends, what if I told you, what if I told you that that's not true? What if I told you that there's actually so much more to Jesus, than good. Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. And then look at what he does here. This is so interesting. Verse 20. You know the commandments. You're, you're a, you're a well educated person. You're an, you're an influencer. You, you have authority over people. You're well learned. You, you know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. Do do, 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 do you see what's happening here? Do you see what Jesus is doing? See, not only does Jesus question this guy who calls him, quote unquote, good, but then Jesus immediately lists the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth commandments All, by the way, which have to do with how we relate to one another. See, some of the commandments deal with how we relate to God. But the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, they all relate to how we relate to one another as human beings. And so Jesus is like, hey, hey, why are you calling me good? And oh, by the way, how is your relationship to other people? What's that like? Right? How are you doing with those relationships? And this rich Young ruler's response. Did you see this? What is his response? Verse 21 oh, All of these, every single one, I've been obeying since I was a wee little lad. I'm a good boy. I'm very, very good. Mm hmm. Parents, do we have any? If you're a parent, raise your hand. You, uh, okay, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Okay. <laughs> Parents, does this ever happen to you, right? It's like um, <laughs> it's like when your kid wants something, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe they, they want something or they want to do something, or oh I know. This happens in my house a lot. Um, maybe your kid wants to go somewhere, right? They want to sleep over someone's house. Okay, just, just, just work with me here, okay? Um, does this ever happen to you? Your kid really wants to sleep over a friend's house, and all of a sudden, one of them come up to you, and they're like, um, an inquiry for you, good father. <laughs> what? What do, you, what do you want? I'm busy. Uh, good father, may I spend the night at so-and-so's residence? Uh, Okay. um, did you clean your room? Uh, Did you you do the dishes? Did you uh, finish your homework? Uh, Have have you done all your chores? Have you related perfectly to all of your siblings? Yes, of course, good father, since the day I was born. (laughs) That's what's happening here. That's what's happening, right? Verse 22, when Jesus heard this, he was much more gracious than I would be. He said to him, uh, you still lack one thing. Let, let, let's just say I give you everything that you just said since you were a wee little lad. Oh, you've been, oh, you've been a good boy. Oh, that's great. But you know what? You still lack one. He's so patient, Jesus is. He's so gracious. And so he tries to approach this from a different angle. And notice what he says next. He says, sell everything you have and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then, then come follow me. What? what? Seriously? Like, can you imagine? Verse 23 says, the next verse says, when he heard this, when this rich ruler heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy, he became very sad. The Greek words used there is paralupos, which means grieving deeply, deeply grieving as as when you're mourning, as with the death of a a beloved one. Do you see what I'm saying? So, So this guy was grieving deeply, he was deeply grieved as if someone had died from Jesus's answer. Well, no, I I I, I can't I can't do that. See, what Jesus was saying is, hey, 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 guy, listen. Uh, I get that you're rich. I get that you're a leader. Hey, you know, that's great. You know, you were just such a really good person, obeying all the commandments since you were a little kid. But you know what? You're not perfect. You're not God. See, you're good, but you're not God. This is what Jesus is saying. You're good, but you're not God. See, because God, God would truly, truly have no fault with all of the commandments. And on top of that, God would give up everything he has to the poor. By the way, that's the gospel message. It's a foreshadowing of the gospel message where the glorious king gave up all his riches to come to earth humbly, right? It's the season we just celebrated, Advent, Christmas, to come humbly only to what? Only to live and walk among us and die a criminal's death. That's what the most lavish, luxurious king did for us. And so Jesus is saying, "Hey, a uh, God—you might be good, but but God would truly fulfill all those commandments, and He would give up everything He has and give it to the poor." Now, are, are you are you willing to do that? <laughs> Not even close. As a matter of fact, I love the way that the Gospel of Mark, see a lot of these these stories in the Gospels, uh, you'll find them repeated in other Gospels. So today we're in Luke, but if you looked at the same account in the Gospel of Mark, uh, a lot of times you'll pick up different nuances and different details. And in the Gospel of Mark, do you know what the Gospel of Mark says that Luke doesn't? Mark says that this man actually went away. He left, he bounced, peaced out. He went away sad because he had great wealth. He's like, no, I can't even take this anymore. <laughs> this is too hard. I thought you were a good teacher. Now you're like laying all this stuff down. I'm out. Jesus must have been like, was it something I said? <laughs> Verse 24, Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is. For the rich to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, you don't even need to be a believer. Today may be your very first day in church, and we welcome you here. God bless you. Awesome that you're here. But I, be- I guarantee you probably have heard this next phrase at some point, whether it's in your literature class, whether it's in- on TV or in a movie or something like that. Uh, you don't have to be Christian to have heard this next one. It says, indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a what? Needle. Than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God, this rich ruler goes away sad because he's deeply grieved, as if he's suffering from the loss of a loved one, as the death of a loved one. And Jesus looks at him, and Jesus is sad too because he's like, man, oh man, you know, it is a shame for him because it's actually it's actually harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God than it is for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Some of you like, thank God, I'm not rich. (laughs) No, you are actually. You are. By all standards of the world, if you came today to church in a car, you're rich. If you walked across the street like I met a brother at the nine o'clock service, Uh, he's living uh, uh, across the street in those apartments over there and he walked over here. If you have a roof over your head, you're rich. No matter, uh, no matter how you consider it, by, by most standards of the world, I mean, everyone in here, by virtue of the fact that you're here, you're probably already in the top 1% of affluence as, as far as the world is concerned. Now, I get it. You may have bills to pay, and you may have debt and stuff like that. You may not feel rich, but by the standards of the world, when the, most of the world is not making more than $4 a day, $2 a day, guess what? You're rich. And, and so was this audience that Jesus is talking to, his disciples. Because they weren't worried about the next meal per se that they were going to eat. Just like you and I, we're probably not worried about the next meal. That It'll show up. Well, something will happen. I'll buy a $4 ticket. I'll get lunch or something. I'll go down the street. I'll go home. There'll, there'll be food in the fridge. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. For you, it's actually harder for you to get into heaven than it is for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Verse 26 says, those who heard this asked what we are all asking now in our hearts. Is that at least what you should be asking? And that is, who then can be saved? What are you saying right now? Who who can be saved? Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with who? Oh, I feel like you don't even believe it. What is impossible with man is possible with who? God. God. You believe it. <laughs> See, friends, Jesus is not good. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. And what this passage shows, and I see some of you taking notes, and that's great. You can jot this down. What this passage shows, what this passage highlights, what it draws into the forefront is this. You will never, ever, ever have eternal life by being good. You'll never have eternal life by being good. But what this passage also shows us is you'll always have eternal life by being with God. You will never have eternal life by being good. But you will always have eternal life by being with God. And you be with God through Jesus Christ. He makes the way possible. Who then can be saved? Jesus replied, what is impossible with man, you, is what now? Possible with God, me. Friends, don't miss this. This guy, this guy was searching for good, yet God... Was standing right in front of him. This man was searching for good. Yet God was standing right in front of him. And friends, I believe this still happens today. People are searching and settling for good when they could have God. Over 2,000 years later, from this particular episode, as I shared at the start of the message, we are literally still searching for good like never before. Literally, this past year, we're still searching for good. Like never before. Searching and settling for good when we could have God. So friends, as we start this new year, 2019, my prayer, my challenge to each of you is this. You can jot this down. Don't settle for good when you can have God. Don't settle for good in your life. When you can have God, He wants to offer you so much more than good. See, I don't know about you, but I don't want actually just another good year. 2018 was great, it was good. But I don't want just another good year. Instead, I want to see God in every single aspect, in every single day of this new year, don't you? The Old Testament prophet, actually, Isaiah, he put it this way. He says, proclaim. Proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's a command. He's actually telling you to declare it. Claim it. Proclaim. Announce it. Proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In fact, you know, this is a passage that I received earlier this week. And I've been claiming it for myself, for my family, for this church. For the year 2019, I want it to be the year of the Lord's favor. So I'm claiming it. Bible tells me to claim it, so proclaim it. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to proclaim it. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Why? Because the Lord has anointed me. Why? Why? to proclaim good news to the poor. He He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Church, do you want to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor? Why settle for good? When you can have God, Proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You can do that. He invites you to do that. He invites you to speak that into your life. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What if 2019 was the year of the Lord's favor for you and your home and your life and your church and your business I'm not even kidding you, earlier this morning, 8 a.m. or whatever it was, 7 whatever, I'm walking over here and literally the first person I saw said, you're of the Lord's favor to me. They had no idea what I was going to preach on, what I was going to say, you have the Lord's favor is what he said. I'm claiming it. May 2019 be the year of the Lord's favor upon you. Why settle for good when you can have God? See, I don't know about you, but this time next year, on the first Sunday of next year, of 2020, I want to look back, okay? A little back to the future here, McFly. Okay. I want to look back at 2019, and I want to be able to see and to say, you know what, God's fingerprints, his handprints we're on everything in an undeniable way. Don't you? Don't you want to be able to say that at the end of the year? You know, I, I, I got a question. Have any of you ever seen or, or done this thing over here? You know, best nine? Yeah, okay, some of you. All right, some. All right. for those of you <clears throat> that are a little bit more mature than a junior high schooler, okay, let me just share real quick. Uh, this is like this uh, little quick little app. Okay. And basically it makes a quick collage of, it takes all your posts and it recognizes the best nine, so to speak, by the number of likes and it identifies your top nine posts of the year. Does that make sense? Okay. This is what your kids are doing, by the way. Okay, so anyways, all right? So it basically identifies uh, key moments of your last year. And so, so as you can see, okay, this is my best nine. I uh, typed in my, my handle, uh, my name there, and it, it popped out these, uh, these nine posts, okay? And as you can see, uh, some of my highlights included, that's actually a picture of me holding my wife, Erica, 18 years ago. That is not my cousin. Somebody thought, why is your cousin holding Erica like he— that's me. That's me. Why would you say such a cruel, you monster? Anyways, uh, so that was one of my highlights, right? Uh, being married 18 years, we saw. Oh, there's, there's another one in the bottom right here. That's uh, when I ran through the, uh, the city of San Francisco there. Uh, and then, oh, here's an interesting one. At the top, on the top, on the very center, the picture number two, I guess, uh, many of you are in it, right? That's, that's actually, that was only 12 weeks ago. Can you imagine that was only 12 weeks ago uh, when we launched New story right here, right? That's that's amazing, right? That's, God, those are those are really really good moments, really really good highlights. Okay, uh, but but can I ask you something? Can I ask you this? Do you know what's not pictured in my best nine? Do you, do you know what's not posted in my best nine? What's not posted, they, they ought to do a, a, a different one, like right? Instead of best nine, worst nine. Anyways, uh, do you know what's not posted uh, on my best nine? What's not posted is that time that um, my lovely bride, see my bride over there? What's, what's not posted is the, the time that uh, Eric and I were in a fight, okay? Or, or a, a lively discussion. Uh, uh, how many of you guys have been married uh, more than 10 years? Raise your hand if, if you've been married. Keep them up if it's more than 15 years, okay? All right, okay, okay, God bless you, God bless you. Uh, 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 lively discussion. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, lively discussion. Like, it's so lively that um, one of you stops talking, Right? <laughs> That's how lively it is, okay? Uh, well, we got into one of those. And I'm a sinner, okay? Uh, my wife, not so much, but I'm a sinner. Um, and um, uh, sometimes, you know, like the whole Bible verse, you know, do not let the sun go down on you, you know, all that stuff. And you know, uh, We've let the sun go down on us while we're still angry at each other, okay? Uh, and so sometimes, you know, don't pretend like this doesn't. Uh, our, our lively discussions, uh, they last more than a day. Do you know what I'm saying? Two days, three days, four days. You know what I'm saying? And um, what's not pictured there is when we were in one of our lively discussions. And uh, (laughs) um, I forget what the circumstances were. I think my wife was, uh, she was out picking up the girls or dropping them off or something. Anyways, I had the house to myself and all I remember is um, Erica was going to come back home with the girls. Does that make sense? And we were still in our lively discussion, and I just didn't want to be there. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I just didn't want to, like, I just didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want to deal with her. I didn't want to deal with the kids. We're still in this lively discussion, and so um, that we're not speaking to one another. And so, it's, you know, and so I was like, ah oh, man. And Listen, I just can I just be real? I, I've been a men's pastor for over three years, so I know what all I know what and where all men go uh, when they're in this dark place, right? I know what they do, I know what kind of trouble you know, the Bible says do not uh, sin in your anger and all that stuff, but I, I know what things do, and I in my own flesh, in my own heart, I know what I and I just want to get out of the house, I want to and, and so but what am I gonna do? Like, I'm not gonna go to a bar, I'm not gonna do. This. I'm the, so, you know what I did? I went and I watched Avengers. <laughs> this, so, it's just like, it's, it's back when they had Movie Pass. Remember when that thing worked, right? Uh-huh. Before I canceled Movie Pass, I went and I'm just like, ah, I've just felt so rebellious and so mad. I'm, just, ah! And I go to the movie theater. And, and like, I was that guy. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you know what I'm talking about? That guy, like the, the guy who goes to the movie theater alone. You know what I mean? Like, to a, Comic book movie uh, alone, right? I'm like that guy, and I'm trying to like, oh, I'm gonna show her. I hope she does think I'm at a bar. I hope she does, you know. I'm watching this movie, and I'm just like, at some point, I'm just like, man, I'm just, I'm such a loser. Like, what, what, what am I doing? Like, why can't I be man enough to, you know, go to her and say I'm sorry, or like, you know, break the silence, or do this or that, or like, you know, be a better man for my girls or whatever. And like, I just like. You know what? That that didn't make my best nine. You know what else didn't make my best nine? Uh, the, the, the time, all the times that I lash out at my kids. Right? One, I got three kids. Okay. I've always got problems, all right? Don't ask me how I'm doing. I always have stress. I always have problems because I got three girls, okay? It's just, a, it's just a fact, okay? Just pray for me. Just pray for me, okay? But, you know, all the times where I'm short with them or I'm curt with them or I'm not loving them well and, like, you know, I know I know that as a, as a parent, I need to love and learn each one individually. You know what I mean? Like, just because they're all three of my kids, doesn't mean that they're all the same, right? Each one is so different. And, and the hard thing about parenting is that you have to not only provide, but you have to love and learn each one individually. And what I try to do is I try to take the shortcut, and I just try to lump them all together and, you know, and just, and just parent them. All. And, like, those moments, none of those moments made my top nine. You know what else didn't make my top Nine. The time I had to lead a candlelight vigil for a 13-year-old girl who took her own life. That doesn't make the top nine. See, only only good things, only good things, quote-unquote good things, The best nine. But the problem is, that's not real life. Real life? There's so much life that happens between the top nines, right? There's so much life. There's so much pain. There's so much hardship. There's so many tears. So many questions, so much anger, so much frustration, so much brokenness between the top nines. And I don't know about you, but I need a God, not a teacher who is good. I need a God who will be there in my good and my bad, especially, actually, my bad moments. I need, I need a God, not a teacher who is good, but I need a God who will be there for me in my high moments and in my lowest of low moments as well. Don't you? Don't you? In pain, I need God, not a teacher who's good. In plenty. Plenty. I need God, not a teacher who's good. In sorrow, I need God, not a man who is good. In laughter, I need God, not a philanthropist who's good. In quiet, I need God, not a morally good individual. See, friends, Jesus is not just good, He's God. He's God. And so when he lives the perfect life, as he did, and when he sacrificially says, you know what, Tom, even though you deserve eternal death, I'm going to pay that price for you. I'm going to sacrificially pay that price for you. Well, then guess what? When that happens, the moment you believe that, the moment you receive that, The moment you accept that good news, guess what? The year of the Lord's favor is permanently upon you. And you no longer have to search and settle for good, whether it's 2019 or beyond. Why? Because you can have God. The year of the Lord's favor is upon you. The minute that you accept the good news... Of Jesus Christ. The minute that you say, Yeah, you know what? Jesus, who is God, paid the price for all my sins. I am now no longer under condemnation. I have the Lord's favor on my life, not because of anything good I did, but because God died for me and He rose again. See, so with that in mind, I'm gonna, here's what I wanna do I wanna invite the band to come back up, all right? The worship band, they're gonna come up. And they're going to lead us in a beautiful song that I've specifically asked them to lead us in. It's a song. It's called Remembrance. And the reason why we're going to sing this song Remembrance is because it celebrates all the good that we have because Jesus is God. And because Jesus, being God, died on the cross for our sins. That his body was broken for us and that his blood was shed for us. As a matter of fact, we're going to have a time of communion. The band is going to lead us in a time of communion. That's what we have in in front of us. For those of you that may not know or understand, or maybe it's been a while, you know, what is communion? It's simply this. See, before Jesus actually went to the cross to die for our sins, uh, before he did any of that, um, Luke chapter 22 says this. Luke 22 says, Jesus took bread. Okay, he was with his disciples and he took some bread and he gave it to them. He passed it out, gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Okay. And so he passed out this bread which represented his body broken for us. And in the same way, after the supper, what he did was he had this, this goblet, this chalice as it were. Okay. And he took the cup and he said, this cup, is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. See, he forecasted everything he was gonna do. He knew that the purpose of his life was to give it up for us. He knew that he was the rightful prince, heir to the throne, so to speak. Uh, And he gave it up for us all to live and breathe among us. We talked about this earlier, right? And to die for our sins. And that's what communion is. Communion is simply an external, a physical symbol. It's a physical sign. Yes, I believe that Christ's body was broken for me. Yes, I believe that Jesus's blood was shed for me. So in a moment, I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna ask all of you who believe all of you who believe that Jesus' body was broken and his blood was shed for you, we've got six sections here to, to come up to the front of your section, okay? And we'll have a leader. This kind of kills the mood, but you're gonna exit left, okay? Come to the front of your section. Receive the elements. And then don't take, don't, don't, don't consume the elements. Go back to your seat. And exit left, Enter, re-enter back on, on the right side, okay? And we'll get through everyone, And then once everyone has a piece of bread and a little cup uh, representing his blood, then I'll pray uh, another quick prayer, and then we'll all consume uh, of communion together. But here's what I would say. I would say this. If you're someone who's not there yet, right? If you're someone who uh, just, you know, I haven't made that commitment uh, to Jesus yet. I, I haven't accepted him in my life. That's okay. There's no judgment you're still more than welcome here. This is your home, just as much as it's my home, just as much as it's the person who's sitting next to you. This is their home. It's okay. We're all in different areas in our spiritual journey. But what I would ask is that you do not take part in the elements. If you feel weird because everyone in your row is getting up, well, that's okay. You can kind of fake it till you make it kind of a thing, right? Uh, but, but don't receive the elements. Uh, because I would ask instead that you would use this time to reflect, Use this time and ask yourself, you know, well, why, why did this guy who had everything still feel a need to go to Jesus? And why did he walk away sad? And, and what, what, what is this person next to me? What is this person in front of me? What is this person behind me? Why does it seem like it's such a big deal that they're eating a piece of Hawaiian bread and grape juice? Like that doesn't seem what's happening and I would just ask that you you ponder those questions and you know what after the service you can come to me you can ask your questions let's open up in a dialogue you can go to anyone who's serving if you feel like "Ah, I don't want to go to him he's 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 weird you know and just go to someone else who's serving okay and 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 we'd be happy uh, to engage in a conversation a relationship a dialogue with you and answer any questions that you may have does that make sense Okay, so with that in mind, I'm going to ask the leaders to come forward. And as the leaders are coming forward, uh, as we're about to administer communion, I'm going to pray for us real quick. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, thank you so much uh, for being beyond good, uh, but for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, uh, as the perfect God-man, to die uh, for our sins, to live and breathe among us, and to have his body broken for us and his blood shed for us. Father, I pray uh, for every single person here within the sound of my voice, every man, woman, and child, uh, I declare in the name of Jesus by the power of his blood by the power of the Holy Spirit uh, a year of the Lord's favor, not because we merit it, not because we deserve it, but because you are good and you are God. Lord, because you died on the cross for our sins, your body was broken, your blood shed for us, we have your favor already. We just need to claim it, to declare it, and to live by it. So I pray that you would shine that light uh, in our hearts, Lord. Illuminate our hearts, illuminate our minds as we remember you now. If there's someone here that doesn't know you in that way, Lord, I pray that now would be the moment that your Holy Spirit Invades that person's heart, and that you would begin a new work of life, even right now in this holy moment. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.